we're going to continue our series through uh, the book, The Story. Uh, how many of you have enjoyed that so far? How many of you have found that as a good connection maybe between here and home life and maybe even with your kids as well? I've heard uh, multiple people say that, that they really enjoy that connection uh, with their whole family through this. So we're on uh, chapter 6 of, of the story as we're going through that. So remember as we're going through uh, the story, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, we're really looking at the, the thread of God's redemption from from Genesis all the way through uh, Revelation as we look through Scripture. Now, there's always an upper and a lower story, as it talks about in the book, but also as it's mentioned before. And the lower story is that that's being written today, right here, uh, being written in our lives uh, in the here and now. And the upper story is that of God, uh, the story that He is writing. The title of the sermon this morning is Wandering. It's also the title of the, the chapter there. Kyle Eidelman, he's a minister of Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, he defines wandering as this, living in the space between where I started and where I want to be. You catch that? Living in the space between where I started and where I want to be. You've probably heard the question uh, posed to you before, what are you doing with your dash? On every tombstone you see the birth date, for mine it's going to be October 26, 1976, and there's a dash. My tombstone is still waiting for my expiration date. But that dash, what are we doing with that dash in our life? What are we doing with that? But I think even more important, at some point there's a date in your life where you said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I gave, and you gave your life to Him, that you are a Christian. So what, from that date on, what are you doing with that dash? What are you doing uh, living in the space between where I started, where you started your Christian walk, and where you want to be. I'm going to use an ongoing illustration throughout the sermon today. Our family and I were blessed with going to Disney a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, whatever it's been now. This was a trip in the making for quite some time. Uh, Jennifer and I, as you remember, four years ago, my dad passed away, and so we had dreams of going to Hawaii and, and, uh, and a long time there, but it was 29 hours there, and so we weren't able to do that. So we were able to take some of those funds. And we were able to take garage sales and everything else, loose change. I'd always put it in a jar. We are able to take those monies and, and, and be able to save up. Because I, out of desperation, maybe a, maybe a moment of weakness, when my little daughter started liking princesses. Don't ever start them on that if you have little girls. When she started liking princesses and found out that there was a Disney World, she asked me year in and year out, when can we go? When can we go there? And out of that desperation, out of that moment of weakness, I think I said 10. And lo and behold, every year, Dad, remember, so this year, guess how old Hannah is? She's 10, Mike is 8, and Mason's 6. So that's kind of, I think, the years I told him. So as soon as Mason turned 6 on September uh, 18th this year, Hannah reminded me, remember you said when I was 10, Mike is 8, Mason's 6, you're going to take us. We already had this all was in the works, and they didn't know yet. Jennifer on this was our GPS as we were getting ready to wander down and around Disney. She was kind of our pillar of light during the nighttime and our cloud during the day. She knew what we were going to be doing. For me, on the other hand, was kind of like the nature of Israel. For me, when I think of vacation, I think Colorado, mountains, yeah, let's go do that, or yeah, let's go do that if we want to. That's kind of me. I'd rather just relax and, yeah, I'd like to go fly fishing this morning, or whatever it is. So I was not as much thrilled about it as the rest of the day. 
life is a journey. And that's what we're going to talk about, our journey of faith. The great theologian Forrest Gump, that's not a theologian, what did he say? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Is that right? I mean, that's pretty good words, because we don't know what we're going to get. We're going to look at the books of Numbers and Deuteronomy this morning, as we see Moses and the nation of Israel wandering in the wilderness, and also a glimpse into our own lives and our journey of faith. So let's look at the first Numbers chapter 10 and, and through 12. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, please open them up to there. You can check me on, on what I'm saying. So our journey of faith has its ups and downs. We're going to look at God, Moses, and the nation of Israel. But first, let's look at the nation of Israel. As we look through this, and, I, and as I go through this, as you guys know, as you've read through it, there's a lot of time period between in one chapter. So we're going to cover some of this as we just look at this. As I look through and read through the, 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 the chapter and read through the scriptures and, and the word of God as well, I just kept seeing this faith, faith, faith kept coming to me. Trust, obedience. So the nation of Israel, a little bit of a recap. Some major roles, or major players in their life was that of God, that of Moses, and, he, and early on, Egypt played a major role in Pharaoh in that. So we're going to look at their ups and downs. Some of their ups is they were brought, they were able to be brought out of Egypt after being in there for many years of slavery, many years of hard work, Hard, 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 hard work. They were able to see the mighty hand of God through their delivery. They were able to see the mighty hand of God and, and the ten plagues they were able to get, those, get them to the point of being able to be delivered. They were able to see the ten plagues for themselves that God brought down on Pharaoh. They were able, as they were running from Pharaoh, able to see the Red Sea split before them. Can you imagine that? having two walls of water and dry land to walk across to get to the other side. They were able to see that pillar of light at night and that cloud during the day, showing them that they were able to see the ever-presence of God with them every day, 24-7. They were able to hear the words of Pharaoh, maybe not themselves, maybe from other people. Did you hear? Did you hear? He said, let the people go. Could you imagine being in slavery and bondage? To be able to hear those words. But the nation of Israel also had their downs. Oh my, I'm probably like most of you. I don't like whining. How many of you just love it when people whine? Not a hand. But one of the things when we went on our trip to Disney, I never heard when we went down there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I mean, there's more of an excitement. It wasn't the whininess of that that sometimes we hear. Moses had to put up with a lot of whining from the nation of Israel, as you've read through Scripture. Over and over and over. You want me to keep going? I mean, it was over and over. I mean, it just kept going, the whining that they did with him. Numbers chapter 11, we see some of this num- whining and complaining. This is just a little bit of it. In our, in our passages this week, just a glimpse of into their whining. We see right off the bat in Rome, or Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, we see the, the people complaining about their misfortunes. Woe is us. Woe is me. How soon did they forget that they were in bondage and in slavery, but yet they're going to complain to God Almighty, who just delivered them. They got to see the Red Sea split. They saw the tin plague. All this thing. And how many times are we the same way? Woe is me. And how soon do we forget the slavery and the bondage we had in the life of sin? 
How soon do we forget that we were all forgiven when we gave our life to Jesus Christ? It goes on in Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 and following. We find them complaining again about not getting to eat the meat. We find them reflecting back to slavery again. A lot of times we find like we're whining. We're in a stage of maybe not doing too good in our life. What do we always like to look back to the glory days, right? Oh, it's so amazing. If we'd only really look back, it's probably about the same. We just had a different viewpoint then. They want to look back and, oh, we had all the fish we wanted to eat, cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic, all that we could eat. It was free. Number six, all they say, all we get is this man. All they get is that God provides for them every single day, but yet they want to every single day complain about what God is providing for them. And now God says, okay, I'll give you some meat. I'll give you a month's worth. There'll be so much quail, so much meat, it's going to be coming out of your nostrils. A little sidebar, have you ever had quail wrapped in bacon with a little bit of barbecue sauce put on the grill? Oh, man. And so they're complaining about manna, right? About this manna that God was providing them for. I think whales a little bit better than fish and chips that they were complaining. Oh, we got all that that we wanted. But we, what we find here, the key that we find there, is that they found it better to whine than to worship God Almighty. They're complaining blinded them continual blessings, the continual grace of God Almighty. And they continued, as you see through uh, Scripture, this cycle, complaining, God becoming angry at them. They repent. Moses goes and, and talks to God with them. And God provides. And the cycle just keeps going, complaining. God's anger. They're, they repent. And God provides. I mean, it just keeps going with the nation. Back to the Danielsons wandering to Disney. Day one, whining began. But it wasn't the six-year-old, it wasn't the eight-year-old, it wasn't the ten-year-old, it wasn't my wife. It was a six-foot-five kid. Oh, my back's killing me. It's a long day. Man, as soon as I go in there, I'm like thinking, usually when I go to a park, I can at least get out of there by noon, one or two. I'm thinking, this is an all-day event. And I gotta walk all the way over there, and then when I get down with that, I gotta walk all the way over there. The complaining, the whining began. I became the nation of Israel. Woe is me. But I couldn't see what Jennifer could see because she planned out the trip. She knew we're gonna go here and then here. She may not have physically knew where we were gonna go, but she knew that at three o'clock we're doing this, and at four o'clock I'm thinking, three o'clock, I wanna be a nap, and you know at the pool, and she's thinking, 5 o'clock, we got to be here, and 7 o'clock, and 8 o'clock, we get to watch the fireworks. I'm thinking, no! It's going to be over yet. We were at Disney for crying out loud, and I was whining. How pathetic is that? Amen. I got an amen up here. Let's go to Moses. Moses got this. God in the burning bush. He got called from this burning bush. He was able, he was called to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. 
When I say a nation of Israel, it's not like it's just a few ten people or something. I'm thinking, you know, like a million plus. He was able to, I get to do this. He was able to be a part of that. Some of his ups, he got to be the go-between between God and the people, the nation of Israel. God's chosen people, Moses got to be the go-between. And he was the one that got to say, let my people go. And over and over, but finally, Pharaoh said, let him go. Some of his downs was right off the bat, though, when he was tall, he whined. Well, I can't speak. That's like, okay, I'll provide. You got a brother named Aaron, right? Yeah, don't do that. Check. Move on. At one point, Moses was down at the weakest point. He was asked to go speak to the rocks and water would come forth. But out of his frustration, he went up and struck the rock. Water came forth, but once he did that, he was being disobedient to God Almighty. So Moses was not going to be able to get to go apart step he put on the promise. Ourselves today is so great that God gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us Jesus Christ to intercede for us on our behalf. We're called to be obedient in our faith. Look at God. God, we can take all the way back from creation. He created everything. And then Adam and Eve. But then we have the gin-free problem. Adam and Eve sin. Then out of that, we find Noah. He's all the things we've talked about so far. He built the ark. Out of that, Abraham was promised a son. was given a son at an old age. And then now we find Moses here, his chosen prophet. God and some of his high with this nation of Israel, he always sticks to his promises and proven with the nation of Israel in their time of wonder. This part of scripture also shows us the sovereignty of God over the heavens and the earth. He continued to protect and lead his people. And some of the downs for God would have just been like us as a father, us as a parent, when our children are disobedient. We hate to have to do to, to discipline. We hate to have to do those things, but it has to be done. At times, so his anger would get—he would get angry with the nation of Israel with their ungratefulness and ungrateful attitude. What about today, ourselves? In spite of ourselves, our shortcomings, our fears, our failures, our disobedience, God reminds us or remains faithful to us, even when we don't deserve it. We have to remember that there are consequences to our sin, and that God is just. Then we find in Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, Aaron and Moses. We find here in, in, in uh, Numbers chapter 12 that, not, that it, it wasn't easy for Moses uh, with the nation of Israel, but it wasn't even easy here as well. Miriam and Aaron are going to start trying to turn against their own brother. They were dis, disproving of his marriage to a Cushite woman. They allowed themselves to get caught up in Moses' business and lose focus on the Lord. But God quickly reminded them that Moses was his prophet. Numbers chapter 12, verses 6 through 9, if you have your Bibles there. And he said, Hear my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not unriddled. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord was kindled against them. 
find on throughout the rest of that scripture that Miriam was struck with leprosy. Moses spoke for her on her behalf. He said, well, she goes outside the camp, runs herself for seven days, comes back. Let her back. We find that discontentment and discouragement can bleed over into others' lives. Ourselves today, it causes us to diss others. It causes us to become disrespectful, disobedient to the Lord. It also causes us to be dishonest, maybe even disillusioned in our walk. Let's look at the next point this morning. Our journey of faith requires boldness. Numbers chapters 13 through 14. Here we find that the 12 men, the 12 spies were sent out to spy out the land of Canaan. Some of you guys remember that song, right? 12 men went to spy on Canaan. How many were bad? 10, 10, 10. Were bad. And only two were good. So let's look at this. The report here, Numbers chapter 13. Or not the report, but the sent out. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, and then 17 through 20. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send me to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From every tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. Moses sent them to spy on the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what this land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities they are they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there is trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first great of grace. So then we find them that they go out. He sends the twelve out. So they go to look at this land. He says, check it all out. I want to find how they are. In Numbers chapter 13, verses 5 through 28, we find that they were sent out. They were sent out for 40 days to spy on the land of Canaan. And the people, uh, Moses and Aaron and the congregation were ready, excited for them to come back to find out the news. Whether they were strong or not. And what we find in Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, is the bad. Ten were bad, two were good. It says that then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it were of great height. And there they saw Nephilim, the son of Anak. And they seemed to themselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So they're like, man, we only look like grasshoppers next to these people. So you see their perspective... And their perspective on life can be different. Their perspective of the land of Canaan is too big. It's too strong. They're too strong. There's no way we can do this. Maybe we find ourselves in the same boat. And the job, I just can't handle this anymore. I can't handle my life, Lord, the things that's going on in it. I can't, our words I don't like to hear in my house. My kids say I can. I said, have you ever tried? Don't ever tell me you can't until you've tried. But we find them here, the ten, we're saying there's no way. There's no way we can do this. But there's only one that stepped up. The two that were good, but Caleb steps up to find here. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb, but Caleb quieted the people 
before Moses said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. You think of all these people in an uproar. There's no way we can do this. The ten spies are reporting there's no way. But Caleb steps up and says, there is a way. We can do this. We have to remember today that we can do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens us. There is a way, and we can do this. God is big. God is strong. And we can do this. Back to our Disney. Danielson's wandering to Disney. Well, you remember my wine even on the trip. We had some friends that were there, too, and we were able to have supper with them on Sunday night. And man, I was going, oh, yeah, my back was hurting. All this stuff, and it seems like you go from one thing to the next, and all this indecision. One of the ladies, the lady that was with us said, half jokingly, but I think she met her. You're going to just have to get over it and have fun. Her boldness made me realize, though, made me reevaluate my frustration and my complaining. We need those kind of people in our lives. How many of us sitting here today do not have someone that's going to set up to us boldly and say, you know what, you need to stop your complaining? You know what, maybe you have a little bit of sin in your life that you need to deal with now. I bet there's not too many of us can raise our hand right now that say we have an accountability partner that would do that for us. And that's something we need in our life. Someone that's boldly going to stand up like Caleb and say, guess what? We can do this. Someone's going to be there for us when we're going through the downs of life and say, you can do this. You can get back up on your feet. You can do this. Let's look at our journey of faith for all of us. God's desire here for his people. You find this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. You turn over a little bit in the Bible there. To Deuteronomy chapter 30. First, let's look at God's part of this. God provides us with his forgiveness. Can I get an amen on that? Wow. His grace, his mercy, his justice, his blessings, his love that endures forever. And his restoration. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses verse 3 and then 5 through 6a. And the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. And he will gather you again from all the people where the Lord your God has scattered you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring. I'm so glad that I've had a heart transplant from God Almighty. He's changed my heart from being selfish, self-centered, living a life of sin, having a heart that's for him for other people. We have to remember that every day. Thank you, Lord, for my heart and Let's look at the people's part, though. He asked for obedience. He wants us to worship daily, not just this morning, but daily. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then just keep the cycle going of our worship for him. And he wants us to love. Listen to this passage. There's a lot in Deuteronomy 30 here that he asked for the people. I want you just to listen to it as I read that. Think about how this can apply to your own. It says there, And you return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey his voice with all that I command you today, with all your heart and with all your soul, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. When you obey the voice of God, of the Lord your God, you keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in his book of the law. 
turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you can do it. If you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His way, by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. But if your heart turns away, get that? If your heart turns away, you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you that you shall surely hear. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God and obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land of the Lord to your father, Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob. Catch all those words, obeying, loving God, keeping his commandments, keeping his rules. I said to preach a, a couple weeks ago about that there's a reason God gives us fences, and that's there to protect us in our lives. Now back to Disney. I decided that night, that Sunday night, that Monday was going to be a no-complain Monday for Justin. Boy, did it work. Every time I had a chance, nope, not going to explain. Not going down that route. Satan, get away. I set out a precedent that I was going to enjoy that trip. I was going to enjoy my family. Through my back pain, through the long lines, through the walking, they say on the average 7 to 10 miles a day in one of the parks. All the walking, I was not going to let it get to me. The heat of the rain, whatever it was. Nothing was going to destroy my family having fun, enjoying, and making memories of one another. I'll sell ourselves, for us as Christians, what are we dwelling on? Maybe we need to ask yourself, what are you dwelling on? I'll give you some good things to dwell on. Love God. Love others. Love to serve Him. Sharing Christ with others. Lastly this morning, let's look at Deuteronomy chapters 31 and 34 about Moses and Joshua. Our journey of faith helping helps us lead a legacy. Moses uh, was not going to get to see the promised land, but still did as the Lord asked him to do. He helped commission Joshua to be able to take the people to the promised land. Some great words here that we find uh, from the Lord and also from Moses to Joshua. I think these are words we can live by. And I love these words. I love how it starts out in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. You know what? He's saying these people are going to complain, but you've got to be strong and you've got to be courageous. You have to know where you're going. We as Christians have to know where we're going. Our end goal is where? Heaven, right? Not this earth. It's not across the tape at a track. It's in heaven. That is our end goal. So we have to be strong and courageous, he says. Do not fear or be dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. God is with us. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with the people into the land that the Lord has sworn to his fathers. 
to give them, and you shall put them in possession. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And then the Lord himself commissioned the gospel and says this. He says again, be strong and courageous. For you shall bring the people of Israel to the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. What can we look at? How can we look at this in our lives? We have to remember that God keeps his promises. We have to remember to be strong, be courageous as he as they commission Joshua in our lives and in our walk with the Lord. And know that God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Although we can get a lot of amens on that in our lives. The times that we've been in the, in, in the peaks and the valleys of life. Lastly, of the Danielsons wandering in Disney. Monday through Thursday had very few downs. Have you, have you seen any of those snicker bar commercials? You know, where someone's complaining and whatever. I had, a, I had had a few Snicker bars, but I snapped out of it quick, and we kept on trucking, having fun. With the right attitude, I, I had a blast. I was able to see a glimpse of Walt Disney's vision. It is said that after Walt Disney died, some man said, Man, I wish you could have seen all of this. And the guy back, looked back at him and says, Simply he did because he had the vision. And that's why it all is what it is today. Moses didn't get to see the promised land. He got to go up on a mountain and look across. He got to have a glimpse of the promised land. He died on that mountain. Joshua got to take the people across the Jordan and see the promised land. Moses implanted that glimpse that he had through planning the God-given vision for Joshua, implanting the authority and the leadership for Joshua. He took the people to the promised land. Moses passed the baton and said, Joshua, take them. Take them across. Our journey of faith has its ups and downs. We have to overcome. Don't let our whining dictate our days dictate our worship. Our journey of faith requires boldness. We need to be bold in our faith and stand up, but we also need bold accountability partners that are going to help us stay accountable. Our journey of faith draws us to repentance and forgiveness. Thank God for that. Our journey of faith helps us leave a legacy. Pass that baton off to our children, to our children's children. One of the greatest baptisms we've ever seen here of is that of Todd Durrell baptizing his son. And he was able to say that he was the fifth generation on both sides of the family. That's leaving a legacy. Fifth generation. Maybe you're here this morning and say, man, I had no one. Will you start being that first generation that can carry on the baton and pass it to the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth? Why not be today? Why not have that glimpse of the promised land and, and go to the promised land instead of setting back on the mountaintop? Because of whining, complaining, because of disobedience. But if you're here this morning and you desire to be obedient, then call of Jesus Christ to give your life to Him. Come forward. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I want to join and be a part of North Side. Do that as well. Maybe you're here and you say, I need prayer, man. I've been complaining. I've been the nation of Israel. I've been you, Justin. We can pray with you today. Our prayer partner.
Let's dance.